0: And welcome to the first fall episode of the 2018 edition of OBP 641 Media's On Base Podcast. I'm George Grothier, back again after a nice summer off. Here, as always, with Max Toscano. Max, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. You know, I mean, I would be careful about how you define summer off. I wasn't really doing anything.
0: Uh, That's but, the definition of taking time off: is not doing anything. Well, so let's, uh, let's let's get right into it. Uh, it was announced earlier this evening, and I believe this will be yesterday or two days ago by the time this episode is available to all of you. Um, Shohei Ohtani is going to start for the Angels on the mound on Sunday.
1: Yeah, this is this is a really bad idea. I'm talking. I'm talking anything the Mets do level bad. It's. There's, their season is over. I get that you want to see him on the hill because you know he's fun. Uh, he's obviously a heck of the pitcher. But um the guy, guy injured his, his elbow this season, uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't even be hitting him if I were the, the Angels right now. It's not worth it. But putting him on the hill uh carries a extremely high risk and extremely low reward for LA so um, I, don't really show how
0: they're doing it. I mean, this guy had a partial tear of his UCL, a la Masahiro Tanaka, just a few months ago. He came back. what Was it right around the All-Star break? Um, to DH full time. Now they're gonna put him on the hill. He's still got that partially torn UCL. I don't see how this can be a good move for the Angels. It's it's just not,
1: and that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. There's no. I mean, maybe you can get a couple couple extra fans in the seats to see your, you know, two-way female possibly injure herself for good, Uh, but there's there's no good that can come from this.
0: Yeah. Uh, I remember with the whole Tanaka situation a few years ago, he opted not to undergo surgery the same way Otani did, and he came back later that year, but he wasn't trying to do the two-way thing. That's, That's what is so disconcerting for me about this Otani process is that he's been swinging a bat for all this time. He's a left-handed hitter. His right elbow is out in front, uh, which has already caused for concern enough every time he goes up to the plate when he's not on the mound. Um, But you see him taking these swings, putting stress on that elbow. I don't know. Is he going to be on a pitch count on Sunday? Like, what's the deal with putting him on the mound when your team is all but eliminated from postseason contention, and you're not really putting him out there for anything more than just bringing people to the ballpark a couple more times? I mean, even with Tanaka, I thought bringing him
1: back at the time was a mistake. I just don't think you know this is the kind of fire you want to play with. I mean, it's an elbow injury. He's a guy who throws, you know, high nineties with a power slider. So that that kind of stuff is going to put stress on your elbow. It's it's the kind of stuff that landed Matt Harvey, um, you know, on the operating table with a torn UCL. Uh, and I'm not necessarily saying that's going to happen, but it's the risky run putting him on the hill at all, uh, that he learned to play. Uh, but you know, off season, it's it, it's it's mind comingly bad management by the Angels here. It's 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 absolutely reckless and completely really stupid.
0: Well, I think you know, and I keep going back to Tanaka because he's obviously the most comparable case. Um, Tanaka, he was another big-name addition, signed that seven-year, 150 million-plus uh, contract with the Yankees in January of 2014. toward his Partially tore his UCL later that same season after starting up the year on an absolute tear against the American League. Um, And then Tanaka, he had that opt-out after his fourth year this past offseason, and he didn't take it. Um, Maybe that's because he he had unfinished business in New York. He wanted to win a championship. Um, Maybe it's because he didn't think he could get as much money on the open market because... You know, you're pitching with a partially torn UCL. It could snap at any any minute in any game, knock on wood. Um, But yeah, Otani didn't come over on a huge multi-million dollar deal. He came over for essentially the league minimum uh, on a small bonus from the Angels. He is under team control the same way any prospect would be. That's why he was listed as the number one overall prospect uh, entering the season. So Otani's contract situation might allow for the Angels to play around with this a little bit more. Because Tanaka had that opt-out, so the Yankees rehabbed him fully uh, over a couple of months or whatever it was. Otani was back in the lineup very soon, like almost too soon after this injury occurred.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing about Tanaka is he doesn't exactly throw hard either. So, I mean, the fact the that there is, there's a little bit of lower risk there. Again, I still think that was a bad idea. But, uh, Tommy, you know, I honestly didn't think when he went down with the injury he did, I didn't think he was going to play again this year at all. Uh, But he's obviously still hitting kind of well and he's still dangerous at the plate for them, but there's, there's just no reason for him to be on the mound, risking his elbow, when you're going to try to make him sign off for within the next few years before you absolutely, completely waste Mike Trout's prime.
0: Well, that's just the point, because, you know, should Otani's UCL entirely tear in his... Five starts that he gets down the stretch. Four starts because he usually gets an extra day of rest or two um, after pitching once a week in Japan. Tommy John surgery is not something you can get, you know, October 10th after your season ends and then be ready to go for spring training. By delaying the Tommy John surgery, I realized that the Angels were in a playoff race and needed his bat back in the lineup. But now that you're out of it, you should have Otani go back on the DL, and you should have him go under the knife. Bring, right. him back, bring him back as soon as he possibly can rather than risk injury now and have him need the surgery in the offseason where he might miss a year and a half to two years. Well,
1: yeah, if, if, if you insist on not on giving him, you know, surgery, at, you at the very least have to just shut him down for the year, and that includes hitting. There's no reason for him to be up there. Uh, you can get and guys like Dean to lecture like, some extra at-bats, because uh, he's still taking a lineup spot for somebody. Um, and, and if the Angels are going to make a playoff run next year, he's going to have to be their ace, and he's going to have to be a power bat. So if he, obviously, if he gets Tommy John, he's completely gone for all of the next year, possibly. You know, if he has a setback or two, like Zach Wheeler did, he could miss
0: two years. Right. And the entire situation, you know, the Angels, they could be gearing up for a playoff race next year. Maybe the smart thing to do is let Otani get fully healthy by giving him this surgery because you're going to have to compete with Houston. Because they're not losing anybody in free agency this year other than Dallas Keuchel and maybe Charlie Morton. That's a lot. That's a lot, but they still have Verlander. They still have Garrett Cole. They still have Lance McCullers.
1: Okay, Verlander, Verlander could give out uh, at any moment. You're McCullers still... isn't that good. He's fine. He's better as a reliever. And Garrett Cole is also injury pro.
0: At the same time, though, it's not just Houston. Oakland's also going to be very good next year. Matt Chapman might be an MVP candidate That's that. Hold on. in 2019, and we'll get to the whole Houston, Oakland, uh, 2018 playoff race in just a few minutes. But Seattle's also not going anywhere. The Angels, yes, you have the best player in the world. Yes, you have the only two-way player in baseball.
1: Well, but it might be Michael Lorenzen. Michael Lorenzen from the bleachers.
0: Absolutely insane uh, relief pitcher just hitting dingers all the time. He's like Big Al out there.
1: And he's also not very good, though, at either thing.
0: Still, when you can send up a pitcher in one of the craziest games of the season, you know, the Brewers won that game 13-12 to 12 in extras yeah. last night. Christian fun. Jelic, 6-6, six for six, hit for the cycle. Um, but you can send up Michael Lorenzen, a relief pitcher, and have him hit a pinch-hit 3-run home run. That's insane. There. But there. just closing out the discussion on Otani, obviously, you know, Max and I here are college students, just baseball fans, budding baseball analysts, if you will. Um, we clearly don't know better than Billy Epler and the entire Angels front office wow. and their training staff. because They're, playing,
1: they're putting Shohei Otani back on the hill.
0: We can't We might. We might, but at the same time, they might know something about his injury that we don't. And I think we have to consider that the Angels, as much as we might think that they might be making a mistake, the Angels could be doing exactly what they want to be doing, and they clearly are.
1: Well, I mean, I, the thing is, I've watched enough Mets baseball to have seen, you know, Steven Matz's arm, you know, fatigue end up in season-ending surgery. Uh, that didn't have to happen, so... Uh, I'm a little bit skeptical about being anything but purely cautious.
0: Yeah, I mean, arm fatigue, anything going on with a pitcher's arm should require an entire shutdown upwards
1: of six weeks, in my opinion. Well, it depends on what, you, what something going on with the pitcher's arm is. I
0: mean, with arm fatigue like Matt's, you should definitely be shut down at least two weeks yeah. get get some rest in your arm and then maybe make a rehab appearance or two for a few innings um with something like what chris sale is dealing with the shoulder inflammation there's there's only so far you can go with cortisone injections yeah to you know only miss one start but at the same time you have to remember with a guy like chris sale the guy is six five six six, hundred and eighty 180 pounds he, he's he got shoulder inflammation, but you have to remember this time of year, historically, at least when he was with the White Sox, Sale didn't have to pitch meaningful innings. Last year down the stretch with Boston, he got tired down the stretch. He is a great pitcher for five months out of the year. But at the same time, he needs to be available for the Red Sox. And I don't think putting Cortisone in that shoulder once every two weeks just so that he can make a start every 10 days is the right move. I think right from the moment that his shoulder felt any pain whatsoever, they should have given him two, three weeks off just so that he could be fully healthy when he got back. You don't want to keep sending him out there risking injury. I know the Red Sox are in a playoff race, but they've got a seven and a half game lead over the Yankees at the time of this recording. You can afford Chris sale missing a little bit of time. Give him the rest he needs in advance of the playoffs.
1: I mean it's also definitely true that this whole you know pitcher durability thing is, is somewhat new in that there are more big arm, and, arm elbow shoulder injuries in pitchers now uh than there used to be because you know you used to be able to throw out a guy for well over 300 innings in a season and he'd be fine he, he, and even when they were throwing hard like nolan ryan could hit over 100 miles an hour and he threw well over 300 innings a year, and was fine. Um, but so there's still you got to think that they're still in front offices. This whole get back out there and pitch kind of thing that used to be that used to fly, but it's kind of getting uh, getting guys you know in more dangerous situations in terms of injury. You see, like this, is, it wasn't an elbow thing, but we saw that last year with Noah Syndergaard when he refused an MRI because. Thought he was fine, and the Mets let him, uh, and then they let him go out and pitch, and then he tore his lat. And pre, I pretty—I think it was the first or second inning. Uh, so at some point, you have to just realize of caution, uh, especially if the, your season is basically over. Uh, so I think what the Angels are doing here is is pretty irresponsible.
0: All right, you are listening to OBP, the On Base Podcasts from 641 Media. Uh, I'm George Grothier, here with Max Toscano as always. We're talking Shohei Otani. We're talking Oakland-Houston. Uh, probably the most exciting playoff race going on in baseball right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, in yeah, a wild card, certainly is fun. Uh, but, yeah, it's it, it's a fun one. Uh, I'm, I'm really I'm absolutely floored by the athletics. They aren't on paper, very good. Uh, their starting rotation is, should be a wasteland.
0: I mean, you're winning games with Edwin Jackson, Trevor Cahill, and Brett Anderson starting 60% of your games. Yeah. Mike Fires has been a revelation. Sean Maniah just went on the DL. I mean, that rotation is significantly... And I think I think we can say this: that rotation is significantly overperforming this season.
1: Yeah, it's it's overperforming for now. I mean, as we saw with the Brewers, an overperforming rotation can give out at any time. I mean, they are not pitching well at all lately. Uh, You saw Freddy Peralta get lit up a little bit last night, but it for the Mm -hmm. moment you kind of have to. uh, Step back and just enjoy because this is an underdog team taking on defending champs, who I think we all assumed would be uh, would run away with that division. Um, Well, are we
0: seeing a postseason hangover from the Astros?
1: We might be. Uh, That's that's possible. Uh, Yes, um, in that that could be what's going on, but the. The bigger issue, I think, has been injuries. I think losing Springer hurts. Losing Altuve for as long as they did hurts. Um, they, they, they just haven't really been super healthy. Uh, their rotation's obviously been fantastic, but Justin Verlander's tailed off a little bit over the last few weeks. Derek uh, Cole is not pitching at the, the way he was at the beginning of the year. That is, they're still both great, but I mean, They've, they've I mean
0: as, as a Yankee fan, I'm I'm obviously still in the camp that believes that Houston will ultimately pull away with the division and that Oakland will be in the wild card game. Um but with the Red Sox holding the lead over the Yankees that they do, the idea of facing Houston in the wild card game, especially after the Yankees went five and two against them in the regular season, including a really incredible meltdown by Ken Giles back in May. Um yeah, I, I, I don't think the task of beating a Verlander is as daunting as it was a month or two ago. Naturally, if you go up against a guy like Mike Fires in the wildcard game, Oakland can come in and Chris Davis and Matt Chapman can each hit a three-run home run. Uh, at different points in the game against whoever the Yankees decide to send out, um, and win the game just like that, uh, Oakland's offense is definitely the reason for its success this year.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's that's true uh, for for Oakland, but their bullpen is is also
0: fantastic. Oh yeah, Blake Trouten has been an absolute revelation.
1: I mean, I, I don't know how wide this nickname is, but I've seen it. People call him the witch, which I think is the best nickname in all of baseball. Uh, I don't know if he wore it on his player jersey, but I'd be disappointed if he did. Uh, but it, it, and if you look at the stuff he throws. If you look at his slider. If you look at his the best figure on the planet. Uh, you get, it, it, it's pretty fitting. It's it's amazing. It's not it's not surprising to me that his ERA is under one. It's really surprising that his ERA is above zero. Uh, You've got Luke Trevino there, who you know who throws really hard as well. Who's been uh, a breakout player. You've got uh, Jerry familiar who, who's I've always thought is a very good closer. Uh, even though Mets fans will not jump on, jump on him for anything, uh, particularly his postseason collapses, but he's he's great. He's great in his role in Oakland. Uh, so so, so they ride their bats and they ride their bullpen. Uh, they're, they kind of remind me of the 2015 Royals if their lineup was, you know, a little less potent uh, in that their bullpen is fantastic. Their starting rotation isn't that good, and uh, they're just, you know, a, a good bunch of disciplined, aggressive hitters.
0: Yeah, definitely. I uh, definitely see what you're saying there. Oakland, one of the biggest surprises of the season, um, at least in the positive trends uh, direction, you've seen Oakland improve significantly from where they finished last year. Um, the, uh, the Braves and the Phillies obviously doing significantly better. But one team that has trended downward, and we're going to change topics a little bit here, the Washington Nationals. Yeah, you what know, a mess. you look at that... That team, going around the horn at the start of the year. leaders behind the plate. Zimmerman, Murphy, Turner, Rendon around the infield. Soto, Adam Eaton, and Bryce Harper around the outfield. you got Max Scherzer leading your staff. That includes Strasburg and Gio Gonzalez. This team should have won 100 games this year. Why are they... I'm basically struggling to stay around 500.
1: Well, I mean, as a, as a big NL East guy, uh, I think pretty close connection to the Nationals. Steven Strasburg's been hurt, uh, and when he has been pitching, he hasn't been that good because he's been recovering from injury. Uh, Gio Gonzalez is, is, seems to be giving out. Uh, Schurzer's fantastic, obviously, but he, I mean, he, 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 it's not his fault, but he does have a very high home run rate. Uh, which is more important for Cy Young stuff than anything else, but I mean, as far as the as far as their lineup is concerned, they haven't performed that poorly at the plate. Uh, they have they haven't been nearly as good as they could be. But Adam Eaton spent a lot of time hurt, who I think is when healthy one of the most underrated players in baseball. Daniel Murphy spent a lot of time hurt. Uh, Bryce Harper was. Absolutely absent for the first half of the Abysmal season. Abysmal
0: performance. He was barely hitting his weight.
1: Yeah, I mean he was he was he had a lower first half average than Greg Bird's career, which tells you something about how awful he was. But um yeah, it's you have you, seen Shroud kind of come back with these last couple of starts. He struggled, but he's back and he's been very well since he's come out off the tail Uh Wan has been a revelation. But it's 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 too a little, too late. Uh, their bullpen is a nightmare because everybody left. They DFA'd Sean Kelly for no reason.
0: Well, he threw his glove on the ground after giving up a home run when his team was up by 20 runs.
1: I don't care if he burned down the stadium. He's good. Okay, well okay, maybe not that far.
0: Well, he latched on. He latched on with Oakland, didn't he, he?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Another member of that Oakland bullpen.
0: But still, the Nationals. I don't care
1: if he threw his glove at Davey Martinez's face. You don't DFA a member, a good member of your bullpen that is kind of was kind of on the fritz. You know, you had a losing canceller. You a little get hurt.
0: You still got Kel- Kelvin Herrera. You still got Ryan Madsen, though.
1: Ryan Madsen does not remember when he gave up that walk off grand slam to David Bodie. I mean, he hasn't been super reliable this year.
0: That's true. You don't you don't get rid of guys
1: that are pitching at a high level showing frustration on the mound. If that were the case, Madison Bumgarner would have been cut several times. Uh, as would Max Scherzer because he does it all the time.
0: And Max Scherzer giving up a three-run double to Rick Porcello earlier this summer. That was fun.
1: That was fun. I, I was watching him. Uh,
0: but it was not you funny. just look at that lineup. I mean, Juan Soto has to be the National League Rookie of the Year, doesn't he?
1: No, he doesn't have to.
0: Ronald Acuna Jr.?
1: Uh, Ronald Acuna has had a fantastic year. Uh, I know he spent some time hurt, uh, but his numbers are pretty close to identical, uh, even with time on the DL. Uh, your dark horse that's that should be getting more attention is the fact that he's been a huge part of why his team is square. The playoff discussion is Jack Flaherty, who I think is going to be a future Cy Young winner. He should be does he still qualify as a working?
0: I don't believe so. Hold we on. can uh, we can check on that. But other other candidates uh, that mainstream, you know, loosely follow loosely following baseball uh, fans might not know Brian Anderson has been great for the Miami Marlins. He's hitting around 300. he's providing a little bit of pop uh, while well, playing some pretty good defense. Derek Rodriguez has an ERA Um, in the mid twos last I checked, um, over his last several starts, he missed one start because of an injury, um, but he's been great for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, we do have a verdict here on Flaherty's eligibility for the 2018 Rookie of the Year award. Uh, I misspoke. He is in fact eligible,
1: right, Max? Yes, he is. He is eligible for Rookie of the Year. And uh, I'm coming around. I I, I know Cunha's been great. I know Soto's been great. But Jack Slaherty's... As good as Miles Michaelis has been, he's been their ace for the second half. Especially the with
0: the essential disappearance of Carlos Martinez.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that was due in large part to injury and the fact that he was literally hitting people in every single start and walking like six points per nine innings. But, you um, no, Jack Slaherty... You,
0: you can't line. blame it all on injury when the guy gets moved to the bullpen.
1: Well, you have you gotta
0: You blame ineffectiveness. You don't blame injury.
1: Well, I mean, I, I wonder how much of that is them wanting to limit in his innings while still wanting to use them. I bet in a, if they were not in a playoff race, he would have been shut down for the year. That's a good point. So I mean, Carlos Martinez is, is ace has ace level stuff, uh, but Jack Flaherty has been just absolutely fantastic, starting starting. Out, he, get, he puts hitters away. He's got the better sliders than any pitcher in baseball. Uh, and, and, and I honestly think, I honestly think he deserves to be as much of a discussion as Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna. And if they, uh, and if they actually end up, end up uh, in the playoffs, I think you might have to To uh, to give it to him, although wins and losses don't really matter, Uh, but it's certainly more enticing uh, to see to see a guy who's actually pitched his team something effective. Uh,
0: I just thought of another reason why the Angels might be bringing Otani back, and that's to push him over the edge for American League Rookie of the Year. Wow. I mean, teams don't really care about individual achievements. Yeah, obviously, they, they, obviously they support their players. But really, it's all about the team, not the individual. Um, but at this point, there's nobody in the American League even close to topping Miguel Andujar. No,
1: Miguel Andujar is going to be an MVP candidate for
0: years. Uh, he's so going to be a top-ten finisher this year.
1: Yeah,
0: he should be. I mean, he's... he's
1: he and Stanton. Out of
0: but... Picking up where Judge and Gary left off.
1: Well, is lazy, uh, and you know, he's gonna he, he's gonna lose his spot uh, in the middle of that order because of it. Because I like Anduhar and Gleyber Torres. With
0: guys like Anduhar like and, and Gleyber Torres S- hitting as they are, Gary doesn't have to hit in the middle of the order. Gary can hit seventh and still produce from way
1: down there. Well, he's not really worth his defense if he's hitting that low in the order. You might be right. Um, Gary
0: Actually, um, an update provided a couple hours ago from the New York Yankees, Gary Sanchez will likely be activated uh, if all goes according to plan in tonight's rehab appearance. Gary Sanchez will be activated on Saturday.
1: Well, let's see how it goes. If, I, mean, I, I read a couple of days ago that it did drop some weight, which is good to hear. That takes a lot of discipline and effort. Uh, and so, so, I mean, if, the, if he could get going – the Yankees are obviously a very real threat to do pretty much whatever they want when you have a lineup like that uh, when they get judged back. If, if, if you don't see Chris Sale return to his, his form, uh, the Yankees are certainly no pushover for the Red Sox in a possible division series.
0: Uh, hey, five games, anything can happen.
1: Right, that's, that's right. I mean,
0: Chris Sale, Chris Sale his arm isn't going to be 100% until next year believe that. I mean, it could be. David Price cannot possibly keep pitching at the rate he is. I think he
1: can and I think he
0: will. David Price has never succeeded in the postseason.
1: Eh, that's true, but I mean...
0: I mean, hey, maybe he proves me wrong. I don't think he will. Rick Porcello, The, whole, the take, whole take him or leave him, he could provide, you know, a, a mid-80s pitch count in a one-hitter.
1: Yeah, that, that's never going to happen again. To, or... In baseball.
0: Or he could give up Seven runs in three innings and be out of there. Porcello, you never really know what you're going to get on the mound at any any given start. Same goes for Nathan Avaldi. You saw it when he was with the Yankees. You sort of saw it when he was healthy with Tampa Bay. You're seeing it a little bit of late with Boston. The guy gives up way too many hits.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you kind of see that with Tanaka and Jay Hack as well. Uh, So it'd be the Yankees and Red Sox are very similar baseball teams. They have overpowering lineups, underwhelming um, rotations for contenders. I think the Red Sox rotation at, at top strength is noticeably better, uh, but you don't know if that's going to happen. It's it's noticeably better, um, and you, but you don't know if that's going to happen. The Yankees have the edge in the bullpen uh, for sure,
0: and it's not close.
1: It's not. Absolutely. I mean, Kim
0: Kimbrel Kimbr- has been the best closer in the American League. No, he hasn't. American League East this okay, year. Yeah. Um. No, Trinan has been otherworldly.
1: No, also Edwin, D, Edwin Diaz. Edwin is, Diaz, Edwin right. Edwin Diaz needs to finish on the top line with Sal Young.
0: Edwin Diaz is potentially going to break K-Rod's record for most saves in a season.
1: I picked him up off the waiver wire in fantasy that year because my family is really bad at fantasy. So, just wanted to throw that out there that I did that. <laughs>
0: um... Yeah, so Kimbrell's been the best closer in the American League East this year. Uh, no disrespect to, you know, what Aroldis Chapman has done. No disrespect to the tandem of Brad Brock and Zach Britton when they were both still with Baltimore. They were both very effective relief pitchers, really the only bright spots on that team. Uh,
1: Besides Manny Machado. Post
0: Machado trade.
1: Post Machado
0: trade. But they traded um, Britain. They did trade Britain and, and they at traded... The at the same time. Uh, about a week or two that's, later, it's
1: close enough. Close
0: enough around the deadline and the All Star break, um, but yeah, Kimbrel's been great. The rest of that bullpen is uh, is Tyler Thornburg anything? Is Joe Kelly anything? Brandon Workman's been okay. Matt Barnes, Heath Hembree.
1: I don't really trust him.
0: I don't trust them nearly as much as I trust the group of Chapman once he returns from injury. Um, Dylan Batances, David Robertson, Chad Green. Britton has been a little bit better of late. Great Tommy great Canely great. needs to return to form. Um, AJ Cole's been pretty good.
1: AJ Cole, AJ Cole I like. Uh, I,
0: Jonathan Holder has been, other than that one inning in Boston, has been a revelation this season.
1: Yeah, the Yankees is a lot. If I pick right now, it, it would depend, in a series, it would depend a lot on how Sale is. Uh, and Price. But I, 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 I do have a bit of a tendency to overvalue starting pitching in the postseason because the Mets did lose to the Royals in that series, despite Matt Harvey's fantastic start uh, in Game 5. It, 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 it's kind of about how you finish. And, and your, your bullpen is every bit as important as your rotation.
0: And talking about how teams finish not just only games, but the season as a whole. It's going to be very exciting seeing how Houston and Oakland wrap up. Um, The Yankees are currently neck and neck with the Detroit Tigers in their game. White Sox are currently leading Boston. So there's a slim to none chance that the Yankees can catch Boston. Which well, should provide some extreme drama after that four game sweep at the be- beginning of August. Um, definitely keeping an eye on that National League wildcard race where it seems like, you know, 10 out of 15 teams are in contention. So, yeah, it should be uh, a very good wrap up to the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, another thing to add that uh, former LSU starter and certified good quarterback Danny Ellis threw his first NFL touchdown pass
0: preseason. We should note that it is preseason. Yeah, he's
1: a career backup, so this might this might be it.
0: All right. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of OBP, the on-base podcast presented by 641 Media. Uh, I'm George Grothier. You can follow me on Twitter at at underscore 641. That's my man Max Toscano.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at, at chip 641, no underscores or any garbage like that. And uh, we will talk to you Next week,
0: have a good night, everybody.
1: All right, see ya.